stinks. Well, it like comes on automatically. It's like a magic trick up there. Okay, so um, so yeah, uh, I was like, pretty excited, but like tonight, I'm like I got the shakes, and like my knees are all quivery, but it's cool, guys. It's cool. So um, before we just like totally jump right in, because like I'm all about Jesus. But um, so if you've been coming on Sunday mornings, you know about this series that we're doing called uh, the like what the modern church is doing, like with Acts and stuff, and. For some reason, I feel compelled to tell you this. I have no idea why, and you're probably just going to laugh and think I'm crazy, but it's totally cool. So he's constantly, he's constantly talking about, like, we need to be in the starting blocks, ready for Christ. Whenever he says go, we need to be just ready to go. Okay, so funny story. When he talks about this, I always envision myself, like, in starting blocks. And FYI, I ran track in high school. Never came in first. One time I didn't come in last place. I was used to last place. But um, when I started out in track, I started out with an injury. And when I say an injury, I mean I broke my pinky toe. So it was, it was, it was pretty rough. But um, somehow I ended up on the track team, and things were going pretty good. But my coach, for some reason, had me trying to train for speed. I was like, this weight's not moving at rapid movements, okay? We're not, we're not ready for all that. So um, one day he just came up to me, and like I had just gotten out of my surgical boot. It was really rough. He was like, I just want you to go run a mile. All right. So, I mean, of course, I'm not going to disrespect him. I got to hop it along. And I, I did not know this when I started out running distance. You do not have a starting block. It is like madmen running for chicken nuggets that they have not seen in 10 years. You, there's no starting blocks. It's just like a white line, and you were like shoulder to shoulder with people. And you were anticipating the gun to fire, and then you just go, Okay. I was not one of those to just go. You know, I kind of like let them go. And I'm like, that's a cute uniform. That's cute. You know, I would just kind of let them go. Well, um, one day I was like standing there. It was like my first race as a distance runner. I was the only distance runner on our team. I was like one of five girls out of like 45 boys. So you talk about male cheerleaders, that was them. So one night I get up there and it was my first race and I was shaking pretty bad, like I am right now, pretty rough. And... I'm like standing there and like there's all these girls and they're like twigs. I'm like, man, I I am the chicken nugget of this group. <laughs> so I get up there and I'm so sad. And there's like 20 of us lined up. And if you've ever seen a track, it's like not too big. It's pretty small. So we all get up there and I see the man with a gun and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> you gotta go when he shoots it. Because <laughs> I do not want to get trampled. So I'm looking at him, and as I'm watching him, I'm like, man, if you don't hurry up. I, I got things to do. I got meals to eat, clearly. So I'm watching him, and he finally fires it. Of course, I don't come in first. I'm the worst distance runner there ever was. But when I was, like, preparing for the, like, preparing, like, sort of for this, I don't know if you can really prepare for this because God can always change things. So I was thinking, I was like, it's kind of like you're standing in that line, and you're waiting for the gun to fire. Like, you should always be ready for the gun to fire. That sounds a little scary. Like, if you just came into Facebook Live, I'm sorry. So, but, like, you're, you should always be anticipating when God tells you to go. And I know, like, Kenny has, like, reiterated this so much. But when I was told to go and do this, I was like, whoo, yes. And then real quick, I was like, oh, no. Uh, I got really scared. But I just remembered that feeling, like, and I was thinking about this today. I was getting ready, and I, it's been a crazy day, and 
I was like, you're just waiting for the gun to go. Well, I guess the gun went when Joey turned this mic on. So I guess we're just going to see how this goes. But um, tonight, uh, we're going to be out of James. And what I'm going to be reading is a little bit different than what's going to be on the screen. But it's cool. It's God's word, so it's fine. Um, but I think it's real cool. Before we get into James, I just want to tell you one thing about him. And I guess, like, some people don't know this or some people just, like, forget. But he was Jesus' brother. Like, how crazy is that? Like, he got to witness everything firsthand with Jesus. And I'm so captivated that, like, by that, like, I have a sister, and like when I watch her do things, I'm like, oh yeah, that was, that was pretty good. You're really good at this whole growing up thing. But you look at like your siblings kind of differently than you do other people, because like you don't want them to fail, or like you shouldn't. But I know like you kind of set them on a pedestal. And can you only imagine the pedestal that Jesus was on from James? Like he's way up there. And um, it's pretty cool, like when we read this um, first little verse in James 1, verse 1. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read it to you. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Okay, so I just told you that James was Jesus' brother, but that's not how he's labeled. He's labeled as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I kind of find that to be like, well, that's how I want to be labeled. Like, I don't want somebody to just remember me as somebody's sister or daughter, like, if that's the only thing that somebody knows me as, as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, well, I say we've done our job because that's what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to give it all to him. We're always supposed to be worshiping and glorifying him in everything that we do, whatever it is. But I think sometimes we get a little bit caught up in like our worldly roles, like about being a daughter and about being a mother or a wife. We sometimes get all caught up in that. And I think we lose sight of like the real, the real role that we have of being a servant of God. So I thought that was pretty important. Um, at first, I wasn't going to read the first verse. I was like, I mean, does that really have anything to offer? Yeah, well, then get, then God snatched me, and he was like, you need to go back and reread. So then I went back and reread, and he got me. So, but that's fine. Okay, but continuing on in verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. He gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So... That was, that was kind of a lot. Um, he's talking about being thankful, which, I mean, we just got back from Thanksgiving. Like, I know my pants are still a little too tight, so I know we just got back from the holidays. But when, we're thought, we, when he says the word all, I think sometimes we like to put things into boxes. And we're like, well, well God, I'll, I'll just be thankful for this stuff. Like, I'll just be thankful that you healed so-and-so or that you gave me this job. We're not really saying, oh, well, God, thanks for this time of unemployment. Thanks for this financial struggle. And I know, like, I haven't, like, quote, lived a whole life. Like, I don't know a whole lot. But when I think about, like, this stuff that I pray to God and I'm like, thanks for this, I'm like, that's a little cliche. Like, shouldn't you be thanking him for that breath that you just took to say that prayer? And I think sometimes we leave that kind of stuff out, like the stuff that we kind of want to hold back. 
And it's like we kind of act like, well, well, God didn't see that. Oh, he saw that and he knows. But sometimes we like to leave that out. Maybe we're ashamed or we're a little insecure about it. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Um, my first year of college was great. Loved it. But there were some really dark, scary parts. And when I look back about how I spent those first, like, scary parts, um, I wasn't quite praying, like, thank you, God, this happened. And now looking back, I'm like, that was a pretty rough mistake you made. Because I think, like I said, we get ashamed and really insecure. But God knows. But he wants us to come and bring that to him. Just because he knows doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray and say thank you. I think sometimes we forget those thank you prayers. And I've become really aware of that lately. Like, I was just thankful to get here today, thankful to walk across the parking lot. But I want us to be aware and make a conscious effort. This is my challenge to you, to thank him for those rough patches. Because if you haven't been through a rough patch, then you certainly won't be here today, right? So I just want you to not leave out the bad stuff or what we think is bad stuff. Because everything from him is good and great. Because he has a divine plan, but sometimes we like to kind of say, well, well, I'm not really thankful for that yet. I'm just going to see what you do. We should thank him before it even happens. Go ahead and thank him for tomorrow and for the stuff that he will bless you with tomorrow. And go ahead and just thank him for the trials. Because they, they are going to come, and you're going to have to deal with them. That's just part of kind of being here on earth. But we got to make an effort to do that. Just because he knows doesn't mean you should leave it out when you're talking to him. But continuing on. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. I don't think I said that right, but it's okay. And the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. So that's a cool little passage. Um, When I first read it, I was like, so you're talking about like, the rich and like the poor, or like where am I at in this? So he just told me to leave that. He was like, well, you know what I'm trying to tell you. You just got to say it. And I was like, okay. So, and I didn't tell Brett this, but I'm going to flip back a little bit. I'm going to go into Matthew, because when I was reading this, I was a little taken back. I was like, where do I know about a flower in scorching heat? And this really comes into play about what I prayed about today was to not worry. And I remember um, about the flower and heat and what it does to the flower. So, and I'll kind of explain this once I finish reading it. But I'm going to read um, a part of Matthew chapter 6, just like the last little bit. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither tool nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? But the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So he has a way with words. Um, When I first read that passage... Like I said, I was kind of confused, like, what are we talking about? But then I went back, and I was like, you know where this is coming from. So I went back and read Matthew, and I don't think there's any correlation between James and Matthew. I think it just, like, God brought that thought to my head. Because I was real concerned kind of about how things were going to go tonight. Um, 
I wasn't like real at peace. I'm still not real at peace. My knees are still kind of quivery, but it's cool. Um, but I was talking to him the other day, and I was like, you know, kind of, what's your plan? You're going to need to kind of give me a heads up. He was like, I ain't got to give you a, a heads up for anything. I was like, all right, well, I don't really like to fly by the seat of my pants, but that's cool. So we got to talking, and I just told him, I was like, I just don't know where this is going to go. Um, I feel like I'm about to be that flower that's going to go the other way or pass away. Because I started to get really scared. Like, I've been kind of knowing that I was going to speak for like a couple of weeks, and it was like real cool. I was real excited until like Monday night. I was like, oh no, I got 48 hours. Prepare thyself. But it's okay. And so um, I, was, I was trying to be real cool throughout the day, but if you saw me, like, it was not going to be well. And I remember I was like going to school, and it was like five o'clock at night, and like I was still at school. I was like, I'm just ready to go home. I got stuff to do. Cause, and I had kind of thought about this. I had been preparing, been reading. The, my Bible's been going everywhere I go. And I was like, I'm just not feeling too great about this. So I um, got the bright idea. You should never take my advice on bright ideas. I said, well, you know, you should just call Kenny. No. No. I mean, he's full of encouraging words. But he just, he told me the truth. And I got real scared. He was, you know, he was telling me all this stuff. And like at one point, like, I was like, you know, like when you're about to cry and like you got the frog in the throat. That's how I was. And I was like trying to slow it down while I was talking to him. And we were just talking about like what time I should get here, like all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, this is not going to go well. And I was trying to swallow the frog. Well, then one of us lost service. I was like, oh, praise God. I got like 15 seconds to lose my ever-loving mind and my emotions. Well, see, then it's quite funny because when he picked up the phone, he said, don't lose yourself in your emotions. And we can do that a lot with God, too. We like to be like, um, well, well, I'm just going to have a quick crying spell, and I'm just going to expect you to fix it. I think sometimes we're even like that with people, aren't we? Oh, I'm just going to have a quick crying spell, and then somebody's going to fix it. I am the queen of crying spells. I love a good crying spell, okay? Because I feel like somebody's going to pick up the pieces, and it's going to be a-okay. Well, who picks up all the pieces? That'd be Jesus. He picked up all the pieces, and sometimes I think we forget that. I'm kind of like bringing all this stuff to light. I don't know. But when we think about like all this stuff that he's done, we kind of forget some things. And at some point, he said, well, today's the day that they're not going to have to pick up all the pieces anymore. And that's really like hard to swallow, kind of like that frog in my throat. We like to lose ourselves with God sometimes, and not in a good way. We like to kind of like drift away from him. And say, so, well, I'll just come back later. And I struggle with that because I tried to tell him no like two days ago. And he was like, yeah, we're going to see how that goes. And I, I know like in the periods of my life where I've tried to be like, well, I'm just going to go do my own thing for a little bit and then I'll come back to you. Well, God didn't put us on hold thousands of years ago, did he? We were his first priority. And I think sometimes we, instead of having God way up here, we have him way down here on our priorities, especially when times are going real good. We're all like rainbows and unicorns, and we're not feeling kind of like we're at the rock at the bottom of the ocean. 
I think sometimes we kind of lose that dependency on him, and that's a problem. Now, you can lose yourself in Christ in a super good way. Um, and I do believe that James is like the perfect image of this. He totally lost himself. His whole mission was just to glorify his brother. That was it. Man, what a life. That's a pretty great one. I tell you, um, I don't know if I, like my sister asked me, like, pick up a napkin for her, and I just got myself a napkin. I'll tell her no. You can get up. But imagine if your sibling was Jesus Christ. Mind-blowing. Super exciting. But James lost himself in Jesus in the perfect way. And I, I can only dream of trying to lose myself like James did. Like, just to be on the mission to serve him. Whatever he did, you were right there. Whatever he needed, you were right there. And when I think about, like, myself, like, losing myself in Jesus, I'm like, what does that look like? And I think um, when I picture myself, this might not be, like, the right image. And I know, like, Revelations kind of tells us, like, what heaven's going to be like and all that kinds of stuff. I got a complete different image up here when I see myself with Jesus and totally losing myself. So just bear with me. But it's like, I'm going to give you, try to give you a good description. I imagine like nothing but tulips everywhere. Like as far as the eye can see. That's really random, I know. But God has a divine plan. So I just see tulips everywhere. And I'm just laying there. And I cannot get up. And somewhere I hear music. And I'm like, I don't know where that's coming from. Because all I can see is tulips. And I'm laying on my back. And I'm just like, what is this? And it's like, when I look up, it's kind of like these lights, real white and real scary. That's what it's like. And I'm like, and every now and then you'll hear this like real deep voice. I can't do that deep of a, of a voice, but it'll get you. And like when I really imagine myself with Jesus, that is what I see. And like used to when I pictured myself, and I still have this problem today, like I still see myself like in high school. And for some reason, I see myself in like a blue and white dress. I don't know where all these images come from. But when I, when I truly try to vision myself like losing myself in Jesus, it's with a field of tulips and nothing but white and a little bit of music. Like, what if every day was like that? Just like losing yourself all the time. You had no ties to the world and all you did was serve Jesus. Man, that'd be great, wouldn't it? I'd be so hyped every day. And like, I never go to sleep either. I don't know how long I've been thinking about this. You can tell it's been quite some time. But I get, like, I get chill bumps. Like, my heart gets chill bumps. I'm like, man. So every day, I try to live like I'm in my field of tulips. That sounds really crazy. But I think it's good if we have, like, a mental image of how we see ourselves from Christ. And I know a lot of times, like, we make big mistakes. Like, we don't mean to, but sometimes we kind of do. We can still get back to that place. Just because you mess up doesn't mean you can't get back to your field of tulips. You can still get back there. You just have to be able to ask him for guidance and protection. Lots of protection and lots of peace. We've been having that discussion lately. But you've got to be aware of where do you see yourself with Christ. And if you don't know Christ, I hope today is your day, man. Or lady, sorry. But I hope today is your day that you can come. And you don't have to do it at this altar. This altar is like meaningless in the whole scheme of things. 
He just wants you. You can do that from wherever. Your seat, your car, wherever. But I recommend that you do it. And we were having this discussion um, while we were praying. I was just kind of like listening. I'm not used to the whole circle thing. That really freaks me out. But I was like real hyped. And I was like, oh, yeah, like this is where Jesus comes back. And we're all behind this curtain. And yeah. So I was real hyped. And then they like start talking. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so new to the circle. And so I was trying to listen. I was like, what are they talking about? And somebody brought up counting the cost of fallen Christ. And I was like, that's a smart one. Counting the cost. Before you decide to lose yourself in Jesus Christ and give up your life to him, I recommend you having a serious discussion about it with him. He's, he wants you, and he is trying his best but you got to give him something. you got to give it everything. Like I just said, like, as humans, we have a serious problem with that. Um, but continuing on before I just go off on a total rabbit trail. Um, we're in verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom... There is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us by forth the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls." That was a whole lot of deepness. Um, when I read that last part, I highlighted two big things. Well, three. Three. I got slow to anger. It's a good one. Watching our words and saving your soul. Saving your soul is pretty heavy. And that's kind of what I just talked about. That's the biggest thing you can do in this life here on earth. Um... When I made that big decision in my life, I was a wee tot of 12 years old. And I was, like, hyped on life. I was like, man, this is it. I was still in middle school, and life was still peaches. And, like, sometimes it's like that when you first start out. Like, life is really good. When you start out your life with Christ, it's just really great. Sometimes not so much. You're hitting every single bump in the road that there ever was. So sometimes you can kind of get discouraged. But you still got to come back to him. And like I just said, if you haven't come to him, tonight is your night, if you let it be. But James talks about something about being slow to anger. I'm in need of a lesson of that. I can be a little firecracker at the mouth. If you don't know my car tag, it's 5A55Y, sassy. Okay? That's my personality. So I can be a bit much. 
So, okay. But it's fine. It's fine. I actually did not come up with that. And I don't know if this is a compliment or an insult. My mother came up with my cortege. So that tells you anything. So I have a problem. I don't really have, like, a problem with anger. But I got, like, a problem with anger. You know what I'm saying? So um, when we think about it, it's real hard. We like to say, well, I don't ever get angry. I'm the sweetest person there ever was. Yeah, right. Somebody has stood in line too long at Walmart before, have we not? Yes, we have. But it's like it takes 0.5 seconds, and you have jumped off the edge of crazy. And I know about the edge of crazy. Okay? You were right there, and then boom, you fell into it. Well, let's just, let's just go back and reread. What does he say about this? Let's see. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Huh. Well... So you mean to tell me in those moments where I've jumped off the edge of crazy in Walmart, I'm not bringing glory to God? Well, that'll make you want to be real sweet real quick. Because we want to be like James. We want to be a servant of God and Jesus. But, well, I just lost my patience. Well, you got to make a conscious effort to fix that. Now, I know that I'm the pot calling the kettle black. And that is fine because... Like I just said, I am a firecracker at the mouth. I do not think before I speak, which I got to work on. But we don't take those moments to really assess the situation. Maybe as God is trying to teach us a lesson, maybe it's patience. I possess like zero of those. So a lot of times he tries to teach me those, and I'm like, oh, no. But when you think that you're not bringing glory to God... That really makes it hit home. When you, like, if you're really in that pursuit of Jesus Christ, you're like, well, I want to do everything. I'll go to Africa. I'll buy all the soaps in Walmart for Operation Christmas Child. I'll do it all. Well, then, when you're in line trying to get your soaps, you lose yourself, and not in the good way. we got to come back from that. And I think sometimes, like, we just kind of skim over that part. Well, it's, it's okay. I'll just ask for forgiveness later. Make an effort with Jesus. Make an effort to try to correct that. And I know, like, I've just used, like, kind of, like, small examples, like Walmart and stuff. But sometimes we can cut people off. That's really scary. I don't do well with cutting people off. Like, I'm like, oh, no, I can mend this relationship. I can do this. But some people are so full of anger, it's like you can't bring them back. And that's really scary. And I can't imagine having that heart of a heart. But if you come and bring it to God, he can help you. But you got to give him something. You can't just say, well, I'm going to pray about it, and then we're just going to kind of see what kind of sprinkles he can shed down on me to help me fix this problem. Take these moments where you have a lapse in judgment and say, all right, let me see what I can do for God in this very moment. Because I know, like, it can be hard. And, like, sometimes we'll just say just all kinds of stuff out of our mouth. And then afterwards, we're like, well, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Well, you said it. And a lot of these moments are when you're angry. And I know, like, we don't all have easy lives, like none of us. We all got trials. But when we think about these, like, small itty-bitty moments where you can learn a lesson, they'll grow into your media moments and then into your bigger life moments. Because it's real easy to just kind of to jump off the edge crazy with anger. 
And a lot of times it does start with the words that you speak. If you're saying kind things, I don't know, I feel like I'm like talking to kindergartners, like say nice things. But like if you make a conscious effort to really be aware of the words that come out of your mouth, they should be glorifying God. So if your emotions and your heart are not in the right place, this isn't going to be in the right place. And I honestly don't know how like, I ended up here with this thing. Because sometimes it can get me like in a lot of trouble. But <laughs> squeal, squeal. Okay, so we're, we are going to finish at some point. I'm sorry. But um, let's, let's just continue on. So we're in verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So he just revealed something. If you're ready for a Mind-blowing moment. I don't know if this is in. Oh, look, there it is. Okay, see, okay, one. If you look on the third line, the third word right there, Acts. So if you're here on Sundays, you've heard a lot about the word Acts. I didn't even, like, when I read that, like, just now, he was like, the word Acts, and I was like, oh, man, you're really good. Ain't that a little scary? Like, he doesn't just want us to come in here on Sundays, possibly Wednesdays, if we're real daring, small groups, if we're really going to scare ourselves. But he wants you to do way more than that. Well, what does he expect? That is just crazy to me. Like, I was totally not prepared to say any of this about the word acts. But that is insane. Like, man, he has got divine timing. Okay? When he talks about doing stuff, he's not just meaning, like, the church stuff. And when I say, like, the church stuff, he means, like, you know, just like, um, well, well, I'll go help out with this charity, or um, I'll bring the teddy bears for Operation Christmas Child, or I'll do this, and I'll be good. I'll be real great. He'll be real pleased. Um, okay? Didn't James just say that he wanted it all? So now, like, we got, like, a battle of, like, our flesh and then, like, the child of God part of us, and we're like, well, we only want to do some, but we want to do it all. So I'm just going to tell you. Um, I used to be, we want to do some, and then somehow, like, I ended up on, we want to do it all. I'm acting like I got, the, like, you know those two little people on your shoulders? Like, you know, they'll have, like, the little devil. Sorry. And I'll have like the little angel. Yeah. I felt bad saying the word devil. But he's, okay, <laughs> we're about to jump off on a tangent. <laughs> but it's cool. But like, we kind of have like a small battle. Like, what do you do? So I'm just going to give you like a small example. So like the first time I was up here, I don't know if anybody remembers, but I said something about modest is hottest. That was up here. And like, it really got me thinking. When I read this little part, I was like, uh, that was a lapse in judgment, but a really good one. And I was thinking, I was like, so like, what all do we give to God? 
what all are we like? All right, you can have this, and I'll do this. So like, one of my big things recently has been like what I wear. I have given that to God. Now, I'm not saying he just like magically like lays out my clothes for me. That's not what I'm saying. But like when I pick out an outfit, I'm like, what are you thinking? And I know this seems like a little frivolous, but if you do it, he'll totally change your wardrobe, okay? So I got to thinking, I was like, you know, what all are we a little apprehensive to give to God? And I think, like, sometimes we have, like, I imagine, like, little boxes in our brain. And we'll, like, give him these boxes, but then we'll keep these boxes. So, like, let's say, like, one of these boxes is labeled, like, relationships. All of them, just all of them, okay? So they're just all thrown in this box. And they're over here with us right now. And they're going really good. So they're going to stay with us. But the second that one gets a little turmoil, we're like, hey, let me kind of start scooting you over here. I'm going to start praying about this with God, and we're going to see what he can do. Well, okay, say that there is like a revelation, and it gets all fixed, so you bring it back over here. Well, we didn't give it all to him, did we? That's a little scary, and we don't want to admit that. We want to say, I gave him everything. He has it all, my bank account, my house, he has it all. Okay. So, let's take some of them real small, for example. We're going to go with clothing, okay? So, what you wear. Um, we know that it might be a little risque, whatever we're about to walk out the house in, but we're like, it's fine. You know, my friends wear this. I've seen girls in magazines wear this. It's fine. It's totally acceptable in society. Key word, it's acceptable in society. Now, we are all aware that we live in this time where society and God not kind of getting along, okay? We would like to correct that, but we are continuing to enable that to happen when we're keeping stuff from him, whatever it is. And I wrote down a list of all kinds of stuff. Like I wrote down like school, finances is like a big one, uh, dating, clothing, all kinds of stuff. But we like to keep it in boxes, and we're like, I'm going to keep this to myself, but you can have like church stuff. You can have Sunday morning, and that is all that he gets. Well, shouldn't he get Sunday through, like, Sunday? Or Sunday through, like, Saturday? I mean, should he not have it all? Like, what if we were meeting on Tuesdays? Radical, right? Not on Wednesdays. That'd be real scary. Because, we, well, we've already allotted this time for God. We've already made this time for him and our planners. I love my planner. But we've already kind of given him this section. Well, so he doesn't get every other day of the week. We don't want to admit that, do we? Well, no, no. He has it all. Okay, well, it was just an inconvenience for you to come on a Tuesday. And it's a real inconvenience for you to come first and third Sunday to small groups. Now, I'm not, like, trying to, like, throw, like, super shade, okay? I'm just trying to, like, point out some realities. Because, like, small groups is real cool, you know? Unless you're in 20-somethings. So... Because he takes things very seriously, the Lord. And then, like, the pastor, he'll, like, say something, and you're like, oh, he heard me. He's real good about doing that. Like, you'll be, like, whispering to God, like, in your mind, and you'll be, like, telling him stuff. And then Kenny will just be, like, across the table. He'll be like, now, what were you just thinking? Oh, my gosh, you can't keep secrets. (sighs) But small groups are real cool because, like, you get to make connections with people. And if I've learned anything, it is healthy to let others bear your burdens. 
Because we like to feel like we can handle it all. Like I've been saying, we like to think, I got this. You don't have this. Do we all think that Rachel Wallace could have like walked from here to there? Yeah, no, that wasn't happening. I could have been paralyzed. A fear right there. But all by the grace of God, by some way, he was like, tum, 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 tum. Small groups has taught me a lot. And if you're in 20-somethings, I mean, it's pretty great. But it's nice to get, like, other people's perspective, like, on kind of what's happening and, like, their walk with Christ and stuff. And I don't know, like, one thing, like, we got, like, okay. I know I'm, like, nothing but rabbit trails, but it's okay. When we look at other people, like, we like to see, well, okay, they just got saved. Okay, so they're, like, new to this whole thing. So let's not speak in a whole lot of big words. We're not going to speak in a whole lot of different books. We're just going to stay with what they know. So what I've learned in small groups is, like, we're all, like, all over the place. When it comes to, like, I call it my Christ years. So when I see myself as, like, a Christ baby, I'm, like, three. I'm, like, just now starting to kind of, like, question things. I'm, like, why is the sky blue? Why is this happening? But when we go into small groups, it is like you are meeting God on, like, a new level. Like, he is there, and he is so aware of what is going down. Like, and we could be talking about anything. The other day, we were talking about the randomest stuff. Like, daycare. We were talking about daycare in 20-somethings. He was there. And he can really scare you when he shows up, because, like, he'll just, like, say something from somebody, and you're like, whoa, that was, that was really good. And, like, I know, like, when I've, like, said stuff, I'm like, oh, man, did you really mean that? Like, when, like, but the way I'm talking right now, I'm like, God, what are we saying? Like, I feel like we have not even, like, barely touched on this. And, like, we are running on all the rabbit trails that there ever was. But the most, like, important thing that he wants us to do is, of course, be a child of his. But he doesn't want you to stay and just be a child of his. And I know, like, Kenny has gotten really scary on this. He's been telling us to go. And I'm like, all right, where am I going? You're telling me to go. Where am I going? He gets real scary, and I'm like, oh, man, God, I don't know what you're telling me. Well, I think this is like my go moment. But I think sometimes when he gives us like a go moment, we're like, well, I wasn't talking about that kind of go moment. Like, what if you were told to go to some foreign country? Like, I don't know, Ethiopia. What if you were told to go there? And you're like, well, no. No, I'm just going to stay here where it's comfortable. Okay, so yet again, we've taken something else from God and said, well, you're not going to have this part of me, but I'm going to stay here and just be comfortable. We can keep these red chairs real warm some days. And I think sometimes we're a little afraid to say yes to God. I know I was real afraid to say yes to God. Real scared, still real scared, because I don't know what he's going to do after this. But we should be like that. We should be ready to act when he tells us to act. So just to kind of like finish up, because I know y'all are getting like a little like woozy from listening to me, but it's okay. So we're right here at the end at verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So I know, like, when, like, a lot of pastors or, like, speakers talk about this, they'll talk about the whole orphan and widows thing. 
What if we hit that next part, being unsane from the world? That's a little new change. It's a little scary. Because when we were originally born into this world, we took on the burdens of this world, a.k.a. sin. We were born into this world that was full of sin. That's really scary to think about. Like, well, it's like you've been put at a disadvantage from God. Now, you haven't been put at a disadvantage from God. There just seems to be some distance there that we kind of got to shorten or bring back. And when we talk about being unstained from the God, especially once you become a believer, that's real hard because we get real comfortable in our ways. Whatever it is, like music that we listen to, the social media that we're on, stuff that we're retweeting, we get just real crazy and we love the world. But then we come to church and we're like, man, I'm going to change the world. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer in changing the world. Like, I got big dreams for myself. I'm going to be president one day, one day. But when we get into this whole world thing, we're like, well, we don't want to defy society because, well, they still like us right now. So if we just stay quiet about our faith, we're just going to stay comfortable with it. That's what society wants you to do. They're a real big proponent of you staying comfortable. God, not so much. When I think about it, and you're probably going to think, like, this is really comical, but my mind sometimes is real simple. And so when I think about, like, society, I think of yoga pants. Okay? But when I think of, like, Jesus, I imagine, like, skinny jeans. Not saying that you're going to be restricted with Christ, but you've got to be a little bit more cautious about things. Because whatever you're doing is a reflection to him. That's really scary. Because he's supposedly living in us, right? We're supposed to be living out the life that he has planned for us. But if we're sticking with society, are we really doing what he has asked us to do? Well, no. So like my challenge to you is to be aware of the actions that you're doing. Make sure that those are the actions that God has called you to do, whatever it is. Like, I don't care if it's just talking to somebody new at the lunch table. You do that, but you be in constant conversation with God. And if I've learned anything, like, from this whole, like, experience, and, like, I've known for, like, a couple of weeks, like, this was coming, but I was like, it's not coming, but it came. And, like, I was kind of talking to God, like, a couple of weeks ago. I was like, you know, we, we really got to start kind of talking about, you know, what's going to go down, what's your mind, like, what we doing. And so, like I said, like Monday, things got real hairy scary. And sometimes in those moments where things get real hairy scary, we're like, all right, God, that's enough. I've already pushed myself out of my comfort zone enough. Well, we haven't done enough yet. We've got to continue to push ourselves, especially in our faith, because we can get real comfortable. But I challenge you, like, any small thing, like, just start somewhere. Challenge yourself, whatever it is. Because I so didn't expect, like, a year ago to be up here on a Wednesday night. Real scary. But somehow, at some point, my faith was strong enough, and I was like, all right, God, we're going to do this. But it's God. Like, I hope this is not Rachel Wallace. Because I know Rachel Wallace, like, wouldn't be doing this. No, I'm not quite that brave. But I want you to lose yourself. Like, whatever it is. And I wrote this down in my notes. And how crazy. I haven't even looked at my notes. What, what? But when I wrote this down and I remember it, and I think, this is so funny. I think that at one point, Lecrae might have tweeted this. 
Oh, jeez. Okay. I actually like Lecrae. But when he tweeted this, I was like, man, that is truth. And if you want to know what he said, this is what he said. Wake up and attend your funeral today. Okay, so it took me a while to understand what he was saying. God wants us to die to ourselves. Before my eyelids have even opened, and I've got real good at this, pray to God that your flesh would stay in that body, or stay in that bed, like it wouldn't go with you. But like that you would just be a child of God, and that would be your identity. I just like, I want you to try that and see what happens. Like, maybe tomorrow you'll say, I'm not going to be me. I'm just going to let God have this. We're going to see where he takes this whole situation and just roll with it. Man, that'd be great, wouldn't it? It gives my heart chill bumps. I get all excited about it. But that's my challenge. Wake up and just die to yourself. I know that sounds like a little crazy, but do it. I'm telling you, it will change your life. So we're going to have like a little moment where you can like come and pray. If you don't pray at your seat, that's cool. But I'm just going to pray, and I just want you to be aware of where does your identity lie. Does it lie within yourself, or are you a child of God, and you're willing to give him everything? Father, I'm so thankful for everything that you've done. Just this privilege that I just have to not only just love you, but get to speak about you like, you're so great. And I hope that maybe tonight somebody has learned something that they can take with them and that somebody will learn a new dependency on you because you are so great and you are so full of wisdom and guidance and protection and love. And if we would just give you some time, you could do a lot with that. So I pray for the hearts that are here tonight. I want them to know that they aren't alone, that a lot of us have faced this, but I want us to give it all to you, everything that we have and more. And I do mean everything. We want to be as close to you as possible. Whatever you have in mind, Lord, I pray that we would say yes and that we would go and we would be ready and excited and on fire for you, God. You are the greatest of all and the most precious one. And I pray that whatever you have in mind for these people, and if they do say yes, that you would protect them and guide them and give them all the love that they could ever have, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.